Hello and welcome to the Money Queen podcast. I am Alex Nicolaitis, the Money Queen. I am here to break the stigma that we don't talk about money here. I will deliver the loving bitch slaps that you need in your business to elevate you as a leader and support you through to that next level of welcoming in the wealthiest version of yourself. Backed by 14 years in the accounting and bookkeeping industry, I utilize the support of the masculine systems, structure, and ATO compliance combined with the feminine energetics of mentoring and allowing ourselves to be open to receiving and holding space for queens like yourself who are committed to forming a healthy relationship with money. So hit that subscribe button, leave me a rating, and I cannot wait to have you by my side as we raise the feminine collective and create true generational wealth and change. The number one issue when you're hiring your first bookkeeper or actually starting to create your finance team. Now, I have worked in the bookkeeping and accounting industry for I think about 15 years or so now. So I've got a few years of experience under my belt. Uh, so I know a thing or two about this as I have seen this happen time and time again over my time. The first thing that I want to showcase to you is the definition of two words in particular. The first one is delegation and the second is abdication. Now, according to the old dictionary, the definition of delegation is the act of delegating power or authority to another. And then the definition of abdication is the failure to fulfill a responsibility or duty i.e. to renounce a throne, high office, or function. Now, what? how is this related to hiring your first bookkeeper or starting your finance team? What happens is when you hire your first bookkeeper, and this actually can apply to a VA as well, when you hire that first person, you get really excited to go, what can I take off my plate? What can I give to them? This is amazing. This is going to save me all of the time. I don't need to worry about all the stresses and X, Y, and Z. They're going to give me all this information. And People often, as I have seen time and time again, they abdicate. They failure, have a failure to fulfill a responsibility or duty because they literally give away their entire power to someone else, to the person they've brought on, their on board their team, going, I've brought them on board my team, so I don't need to worry at all about my finances. And that is simply not the case. What happens there? You think that you are expanding. You think that you are leading. You think that you are growing, but you are actually going backwards because now what happens, and I've seen this, is your business actually cannot survive without that other person. You need to actually, you think that your finger is on the pulse, but it's actually been taken off because unless you have a really engaged bookkeeper or finance team that has regular accountability meetings with you, that offers you the opportunity to actually uh, analyze and talk through your financials and, and have be that sounding board for financial decisions that need to happen in your business, your finger is off that damn pulse. And I'm sorry to say there are a lot of freaking bookkeepers out there and, and finance professionals that do not do that. They do not provide that service. And because bookkeeping industry is such a, you know, easy um, market to enter, unfortunately, the lower educated or lower skilled or lower experienced bookkeepers out there are 
just shitting all over the industry. So if you are unfortunate enough to see the shiny object of their low prices and go, oh, this is amazing. Like I can get a bookkeeper for $5 an hour. I want to ask you this, for what quality are you going to receive in return for that financial exchange? The lower the price, often the lower the quality. Again, I have experienced this multiple times where I've gone into clients' businesses and they have tried to save money and hired a, a lower end bookkeeper, like a cheaper bookkeeper, and their file is just an absolute mess. I come in and clean it up. I am at a premium price and it often costs them more in the long run as opposed to just committing to someone who's middle range or high range who's going to do the quality work, who's going to keep your finger on that pulse, who's going to keep you accountable, who is going to include you in the conversations. And you know, if you don't want to do an end of month meeting, be like, hey, Sally, we need to have this meeting. We need to have this meeting to talk about your finances, to talk about your position, to go through your profit and loss item by item, to hold you into account of, you know, where you thought you were going to be this year financially versus where you're actually at. Right? So can you see the difference between delegation of I have someone on board my team, but I still have uh, you know, control over, I still am holding a piece of the power of this puzzle. I still know what's happening in my business. I'm allocating some power to this person and it's, it's coming back to me actually. It's a full circle as opposed to the abdication of I'm just going to hand everything away and I don't need to deal with that anymore. That's actually an avoidance tactic. And often a lot of people's money stories is avoidance because they don't know how to handle it. They don't know how to create it. And if they do know how to create it, it's then a case of, I don't know how to hold on to this wealth to build more. I want you to pause this audio right now and ask yourself, have I delegated my finances to my team or have I abdicated that function? And if it's the latter, if you've abdicated, you get to actually pull that power back within and start to now delegate instead. I remember when I was learning the definition uh, or the difference between these two words, uh, I was in a business and you know, I think we had a team of about eight at the time and I was, you know, complete control mode. And my one of my mentors said to me, you cannot grow this business with you holding onto the reins so damn tightly, you need to let go. So I went from absolutely no control, or like having so much control of business to zero control. I was just like, okay, all right, you're my mentor, you know better than me. And I just like abdicated the shit out of a heap of clients work. And it came back to bite me in the ass because I abdicated as opposed to delegated. I just put my trust way too much in my staff and I didn't actually prepare them for the work that I was giving them. I didn't provide them the support that they needed to be successful. I just went on my high horse and went, okay, my mentor is telling me this, I need to do X, Y, and Z to meet his criteria, as opposed to looking at the full picture of what was actually happening. How had I uh, been operating prior to this decision and how was I actually then, you know, helping my team to help me and to help grow the business, I wasn't. 
until all these issues started happening. And I actually then had, you know, held the mirror up to myself and went, hang on a minute. I actually played a really big part in all of these stuff, stuff ups. And now I get to rectify that because I know differently. I know what I've done. I've, you know, used the benefit of hindsight to see what I did in a piece of naivety and just going with whatever my mentor has said, regardless of like, well, I don't actually understand. Am I doing this right? And you know, so in fairness, these types of lessons, I have learned the hard way and some lessons in business, often a lot of them, you need to learn the hard way for them, for them to be actually really ingrained in you. So it's not a case of, oh my gosh, they told me to do X, Y, and Z. And I did that blindsidedly. It's a, this was a lesson that I actually got to learn the hard way or the, the most challenging way. <laughs> the most important thing that I want to reiterate in this whole episode is that when you are onboarding people in your finance team to make sure that there is a partnership because they are there to support your learning and growth and not actually take over. And if you are feeling that your finance team, any part of your finance team is actually taking over your business, that's where you get to actually step into your leadership and say, Hey, Sally, I just, I don't know what's happening here right now, but I don't understand X, Y, and Z, or I don't um, fully comprehend what you're saying to me right now and why you're suggesting that we move in this direction for the business. Um, and can you work with me right now? Because I just don't understand. I don't have the qualifications that you have. I don't have the experience that you have. Can you please meet me where I'm actually at? And that's another thing, meeting, meeting your finance team where you're at, asking for that there's there's what I call like accountant's language. And if you are an accountant, listen to this, you know what I mean. Or if you are a business owner and you've had accountant at your, oh my gosh, if you are a business owner and you're listening to this and you've had an accountant talk to you and it's just absolute gibberish, that is accountant talk, right? And if your accountant or bookkeeper or anyone in your finance team starts talking to you like that, you get to stop them in their tracks. You get to say, hey, Sally, I don't understand. Can you please reiterate what you're saying? And can you please language it in a different way? Or can you draw a, a chart for me? Or, you know, create a presentation, do something because I'm not absorbing. I'm not picking up what you're putting down, my friend. And I want to, I want to know what you're talking about because at the end of the day, it is your business. I've got a question for you. Do you want your 2024 to look exactly the same as this current year? Or are you ready for some sassy wake-up calls around your money world and a fire to be lit under your eyes? Introducing the Money Queen Coaching Package, a six-week journey which has already been a key pivotal experience for queens just like you to shift their relationship with money. Get a personalized sacred money archetype reading, which is pretty much like a human design, but for your money world. Filled with aha moments and two tailored 90-minute sessions to reset your money mindset and unleash your magnetic power. Click the link in the show notes to claim your throne, queen. What happens when you abdicate, which is often what I see happen, you get out of touch with your numbers. So the real-time effects of that is you're spending more than you actually have because you don't know what's happening. You're just going off what's the balance in your bank accounts are and not actually appreciating, hey, I've got a buzz to pay in a couple of weeks' time and the money that I've got in my bank account right now, actually, it's all allocated to that. But all you're seeing is the money in your trading account and going, oh, here's a shiny object over here, which I really want to buy. I've got the money, so let's buy it. Three weeks later, then we, when your buzz is due, you're like, shit, where's the money? 
you don't have that full picture. So you just spend more than what you actually have. And that's when you get into financial stress. That's when you start resenting your business. You start being in that scarcity mindset when you do sell to your clients because you're like, shit, I need to find money for my baths. I don't have it. I've already spent the money that I had. So it creates this real toxic environment within your business when you actually have abdicated that function as opposed to delegate, which I'm going to say a lot in here if you haven't noticed already. The other outcome of abdicating your finance function is thinking that you're earning more than what you are. Because without you seeing your actual numbers, the black and white profit and loss, which shows you all of your income, all of the cost of sales, which is directly cost directly associated to you earning that revenue and all of your overheads of the business, you simply don't know. You may have an inkling, you may have a you know rough gauge, depending on how many sales that you've made, but you don't actually know the figures. And a good example of this, one of my clients, uh, I think it was in the month of November, we started our meeting to say, how did you feel that the month of October was for you? And she said, oh, my energy just wasn't there. Like I wasn't feeling it. I don't feel like I you know, had a very successful month in inverted commas. We looked at the reports and she actually had a $50,000 revenue month. Now, revenue, not cash, right? So payment plans are in place for her, uh, for her clients rather. So she came into that meeting going, oh, I don't think I had a really good month. But the actual fact of the matter was when we looked at her profit and loss, the actual facts, she made $50,000 that month. And when she saw that, she was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I didn't realize that they'd said yes. And, you know, a few different factors because life was lifing for her at, the, at that time. And it was a bit overwhelming. So she'd forgotten about a few sales that she'd made. And she was like, oh, that was actually a really easy month because she'd created this new program out of nowhere. And like, I think 15 people signed up because it was a no brainer offer. But for her, because she had life lifing and because she'd created this new offer that she'd essentially forgotten about by the time that we had our meeting, because it was so easy to her, she was like, oh yeah, obviously, like I can, I can do this. this, this is fine. She became out of touch with her numbers, but because the, her finance team, i.e. me, um, we have that end of month meeting so that she gets to have her finger still on the pulse of her finances and her numbers and have that sacred space to actually get clarity on what's happening. Then she got the reality check to go, oh, I actually had a pretty, pretty good month. But without that, if she'd abdicated that position to me and I was just doing her numbers, I would be looking at profit and loss going, shit, yeah, girlfriend, you just had a rocking month, not knowing that she's on the other side going, oh, I feel really shit about the month that I just had lived through. And I'm sitting there going, yes, like celebrating the shit out of her. Two different paradigms, but when we meet in the middle of the facts of the profit and loss statement, that's where the magic happens. That's when she gets to meet me and I get to meet her and celebrate her and she gets to celebrate herself. That is a partnership. Saying yes to shiny objects because you're out of touch. Because of those regular end of month meetings that I have with my clients, we check in to say any shiny objects that you have in your world recently or that you want to buy, okay, let's look at that. Do we have the cash flow for it? Do we have the sales for it? And if the answer to those, to those questions are no, what do we get to do? Where are we at compared to our mindful money plan or budget that we created at end of financial year? Are we ahead of schedule? Are we behind of schedule? What did we do the last couple of months? What person we, were we being in order to create these sales? Or what person were we being where we were rejecting sales or too scared to ask for those sales? 
Do we have subscriptions in our business that we've just had for forever and we actually need to cancel those? Have we said yes to a course that's, you know, $10,000 and we're actually not getting any value out of that out of that. And we actually want to leave that course and ask for a refund. What's your situation? Where's that accountability? Where's the check-in, right? Because when you have your finger on the pulse, when you have a proactive partner in your finance team, that's what gets to happen. I say again, delegation versus abdication. The final thing that I want to cover off in this episode about the number one issue when hiring your first bookkeeper or creating your finance team is best practice when working with your finance team. Number one is to have, no surprise here, monthly meetings together. And I don't think that I need to reiterate what I've just said. It's pretty self-explanatory um, because obviously I'm very passionate about this. But it is really important to have monthly meetings together so that, uh, in my personal opinion, it opens the channel for you to say, I don't know what I don't know. And as long as you have a supportive partner in that process, like myself, who gets to say, okay, and meet you where you're at, that is the most important thing. Because you can have end of month meetings with your accountant or bookkeeper or finance person. But if you're speaking different languages, what's the point? If you walk away from that meeting going, I actually don't know where my business is at right now. And you're confused. What's the point for you to walk away from those meetings and feel empowered or like you've just gotten a loving bitch slap. That's what we want. We want a, a tangible outcome of, okay. It wasn't a great month. And now I get to do X, Y, and Z. I get to reassess how I am being in my business. Or shit, yeah, I'm going to go buy a bottle of Dom Perignon to celebrate the $50,000 month that I just had. As opposed to, hmm, I, I, I don't know what just happened right now. So I'll just keep working. That's another avoidance tactic. I don't know what just happened right now. I don't know what she said to me. So I'll just keep working. Because we're all, our, a lot of our default is to just work harder. Just work harder, keep working, keep working, keep working. It's the employee mentality. But you as an entrepreneur, as the business owner listening to this, there is a very different operating system of an employee and a business owner. Not to throw shade on an employee compared to a business owner, but there is. The business owner needs to, you know, go hunting and the employee gets the rabbit or mice or whatever the food is delivered to them and they just need to prepare it. They just need to be in the kitchen. But the entrepreneur goes out and, and hunts for the rabbit, for the mouse, for the, I don't know, cow, whatever it is. I'm a vegetarian. so <laughs> and, and then they bring it back to the kitchen and then they prepare it and then they cook it. So there's a very different mindset of operating as an employee versus a a business owner. The second point of best practice in working with your finance team is to make sure that that end of month process is followed religiously because without processes, without systems and processes, we do not have scalable systems. I read a quote the other day in the book, rich dad, poor dad, and the essence of it was, you know, McDonald's, they create okay burgers. Do you reckon that you can make a better burger than McDonald's? I certainly know that I can. A lot more healthier, a lot more delicious, and a lot more filling. So why am I not as rich as McDonald's? Because I don't have the systems and the processes around creating a burger like they do. They are, they are happy and content with creating an average burger, but doing it consistently and 
setting up a business system behind that and a system uh, and a and a process so that literally anyone over the age of 14 can go into their stores and create those burgers at an average standard and then the consumers of that the customers of McDonald's walk in knowing that they're going to get an average burger and if they get an amazing burger excellent um, <laughs> that's a good day but if they just get an average burger they're like okay that's what i expected if they get a subpar burger, oh, you know what? It's McDonald's. Probably someone behind there was just having a bad day. But the point of that is, is that they have the systems, the structure and the processes so that anyone can go in there and create those damn burgers. Whilst everyone else is sitting in their kitchen curating the best burger possible without any systems, without any processes, and without any customers. So who's winning here? So without following these systems and processes, you're going to have really full pockets or really empty pockets. The choice is yours. Thank you, Queen, for saying yes to your yes in listening to this episode and being a part of raising the feminine collective one conversation at a time. Remember to share this episode with your business besties and join me in breaking the tabooness around having money conversations. As always, if you have enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and share this on your social media, remembering to tag me in it to help this conversation go further, which creates a bigger ripple effect.